0: Tonight I'll be preaching from the book of Mark chapter 8, Mark's gospel chapter 8, and I'll be reading from verse 31 to verse 38. Mark chapter 8 and verse 31, the Bible says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savourest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed, when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels let us pray father thank you again for your amazing grace thank you for your blessings upon our lives thank you for this great salvation that we can receive dear lord we are humbled by your love towards us and we thank you again for your precious word and how you speak to our hearts you draw us to yourself so that you can bless us and shower your love continually upon us the Lord, I pray that tonight, as your word goes forth, that you would use it to strengthen and to challenge and to comfort hearts, whatever the need be. We know that your word is able. I pray that you'll give me the words you'll have me to say, and I pray that it'll be a source of comfort tonight once again for many who are hurting. Take full control. Have your divine way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You will be seated. I'm not endeavoring to be partial by the statement that I'm going to make, but I would submit that being a teacher or teaching is one of those professions that is underrated, unappreciated. And I believe all the teachers in here would say a hearty amen when I say underpaid, I can't do anything to fix it for you, though. (laughs) But I say that because of the significance of what teachers are required to do. You see, when those students come, or you go to them as a teacher, they are not supposed to leave the teacher the same way they came. If they do, there has been a failure in the expectation of what is supposed to happen. Now, there could be a lot of reasons for which might not be the teacher's fault. But the goal is to impart, to teach, to build up students so that they have progressed, they have improved compared to when they first scheme. But in order for any teacher to do this, one of their major responsibilities is to correct problems, to address errors. If this does not take place, I would submit to all of us that there is no chance that the students will learn. It's a continuous process of repeating yourself over and over and over and over to correct problems. Am I right, teachers? Yes, I was a teacher as well. But when it comes to ministry, there's a very similar parallel that can be made. Jesus himself, in ministering here on earth during his time of three and a half years of earthly ministry, Jesus had to address problems. He had to address errors. He had to address bad practices. And I would submit to you that being involved in ministry that is not the fun part of ministry. It's a part that I'm sure that everyone would prefer if the option were a viable one to run away from it, to look the other way. But to do so would be to stunt the growth of an individual and to stunt the growth of the ministry itself. Tonight, very briefly, I want to preach a message entitled, Addressing Problems in Ministry. Addressing Problems in Ministry. We're going to take a look at our text here tonight, and you're going to notice that Jesus addressed problems in ministry as they arose. We're going to see how he went about it. We're going to see some stages of how you go about doing this. Again, it's not a fun part, but it is a necessary part of ministry. Now notice the first stage, which all of us can identify with and all of us can engage in, it's the stage of recognition. Recognition. Now look at verse number 32. Jesus, in verse 31 in this text, is teaching his disciples and he's letting them know that I'm going to suffer some things shortly. I'm going to be rejected. And of course he was speaking to the fact that ultimately he would go to the cross. And he would be killed and he would rise again. But notice verse number 32. Which says, and he spake that saying openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Now imagine Jesus is the teacher. Peter is the disciple. And he's teaching them what will be. And Peter chooses to pull Jesus, as we would say, up. To rebuke him. Now, Jesus immediately recognized this action by Peter as a problem. Now, in ministry, I believe that we all, recognize problems amen you can say amen because there is no perfect ministry there is no perfect church there are no perfect people so problems are a part of who we are let's say amen whether you say it or not it is the truth we are filled with problems and so it is not hard for us as human beings to recognize problems we know when things are out of alignment with the word of God. And Jesus recognized immediately that there was a problem. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 33. I mean, it's as if he's here going along and uh and then all of a sudden there's an interruption. A problem presented itself. The Bible says in verse 33, "But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples. Now, I read this part of the verse with great interest, and it's good to use your imagination when you read the Bible. I envision this was a scenario. Here it is. Jesus is teaching his disciples. Peter, in his arrogance, chooses to rebuke Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who made Peter, and Jesus stops in his tracks, at the recognition of this problem, and then he looks around at the other disciples like, are you all going to say something? Do you all realize what just happened? You ever been in a situation where a problem arises and you look around to realize it's only you, you alone recognize? That a problem has raised its ugly head. That's exactly what happens here. Peter was Jesus looking at, wait, are you all okay with what just happened? They recognize, he recognized that a problem had arisen. And we are able to recognize problems. Don't we recognize problems in this church? Yeah, there are problems. There are problems in every church. And we we have the capacity to recognize. That's the necessary step in addressing problems. We can't address things that we don't identify and recognize. So, we have this step of recognition. But notice, Jesus quickly moved to the second step. That of correction. Now, notice verse number 33. When Jesus looked about and he looked at his disciples, not just Peter, the Bible says he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan. For thou savourest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. What was Jesus doing? He was correcting Peter to say to Peter, Peter, your heart is in the wrong place. He was saying to Peter, Peter, you you are looking at how uh, you are going to advance and how you can get to be in charge and what I've just said to you is somehow a diversion from your plan but you're thinking about your personal advancement and that is a problem. You see, my friend, there is so much in this life to learn. And correction is a critical phase to learning because it brings awareness of what is being done wrong. Now, let me say clearly, And all of us can identify with this and fall into this trap because at times it's a human weakness. This step of correction is not one that we like because oftentimes it hurts our ego. Oftentimes our pride can get in the way. But here's what I am learning that many times we can be doing something wrong and we just don't know. We are doing it that way because that's the way we know how to do it. I've recounted this story and I'll tell you again just for illustration. I remember when I got my job out of college. Excited and enthusiastic about the opportunity. You know why you're so excited when you get a job out of college? Because you're dead broke. And the money that you're about to make, listen, any salary looks like a huge salary, almost. And so I was excited about this job and we were required to do a number of weeks of training and I went to my training sessions and Of course, I wasn't married yet, and so in my ignorance, I went to the store, bought some clothes, and I used to wear these Hawaiian print shirts. And here am I, going to a business environment, a professional environment, I mean, supposed to be a sophisticated environment, and I got on these Hawaiian shirts. I mean, I thought I was doing well. I thought I was dressed appropriately. Until the end of the training, we were all required to do a survey and we were, try, we were required to give a, a critique on our peers, our fellow employees. And I got my critique, and for the most part, said a lot of wonderful things, but made a comment and said, the one thing that I think was highly inappropriate was these Hawaiian shirts that he was wearing. Listen, my feelings were stung. I was like, what? But I never wore them again after that. Never. I realized the truth of what was being said to me. My friend, when it comes to ministry, we must be willing to accept correction. It's the only way to grow. It it is necessary. Sometimes it's a tough step to embrace, but I want us to think of it as a necessity in getting better. Jesus corrected Peter. Because there was so much that he had to learn and this was a an opportunity for him to rebuke him. Now, rebuking is not fun. I want to say this. It is not fun. But it is necessary. But notice we are not to stop at correction. And by the way, correction doesn't always have to take the form of rebuke. Sometimes it can be a lighter form. It can be it depends on the nature of what is being corrected. But Jesus it fit to rebuke Peter in this instance. But notice thirdly and very quickly, Peter, Jesus took the opportunity after correcting Peter to then provide instruction. And he utilized the verses in verses 34 down to really verse 38 to provide instruction instruction. Here, Jesus uh, recognized that Peter was the one who had committed the error. He was the one who had done what he should not have done. He was the one who had said what he should not have said. But Jesus saw this as a teachable moment to instruct the disciples and he imparts to them some very important principles about the necessary mindset for effective ministry. Very familiar verses to us. Verse number 34. He says, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels shall, the same shall save it. What was Jesus ultimately saying to Peter and then by extension the disciples? Here's something that we must all understand about this thing called ministry this thing called worshiping serving uh, giving our lives for the honor and glory of God that it is simply not about us it is all about him that was the message That was the instruction. Listen, it is not about us. Listen, oftentimes when we get our feelings hurt, listen, all of us get our feelings hurt. Pastor sometimes get his feelings hurt. It it just happens in those moments when we are willing to kind of gripe and go in a corner and feel sorry about ourselves. We are making it about us. It's not about us. It's about him. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be sensitive to each other's feelings because we should be. That's Christianity. But it's all about Him. And Jesus wanted them to understand that it was about self sacrifice, it wasn't about. What positions they were looking for because he knew that they were living in a time where they were under the Roman rule and it was difficult. And they saw Jesus as the, the one who would help them to get away from under this bondage. And Jesus, when you get to be in charge, who's going to be on the right hand and who's going to be on the left and who's going to get to be a minister of this and minister of that? I can't wait, Jesus, for us to be in charge so we can crush those Romans. That's what they were thinking. Jesus was saying to them, that's not why I came. And he says to them, it's about service. It's about self-sacrifice. And here's what else we must understand about instruction. That when we provide instruction in order to provide correction, it ought to line up with God's word. Amen. It's not about our personal opinions. The Bible, it is our rule for faith and practice. And may it be that at Charlotte Baptist Church, when it comes to correction, when it comes to our willingness to be in line, we all come to the same conclusion that we must be in alignment with the word of God. Amen. And the notice finally, very importantly, that's not outlined in this text, the step of demonstration. And I saw it necessary to incorporate this because ultimately, Jesus's life was all about leading by example. You see, as Jesus addressed the problem that arose, as a matter of fact, in verse number 31, he was saying to Peter, Peter, while you're looking for self-advancement, I'm here telling you that my life is one of denying myself. My life is one of taking up my cross, both literally and symbolically. And you see, my friends, if we're going to address issues and we're going to address problems in our own lives and in the lives of others, It must be accompanied by demonstration. It's one thing to recognize a problem. It's one thing to correct a problem. It's one thing to instruct regarding a problem. But we must also demonstrate the appropriate action. So that we can effectively lead and live by example. And that's what Jesus' life was all about. He practiced what he preached. He demonstrated a life of self-sacrifice, denying himself. He took up his cross and he gave his life for mankind. Addressing problems is not easy. And we, as human beings, are always going to face The obstacle that we, of ourselves, are not perfect. And so, Jesus, who was perfect, we might say, well, he could address every problem because he has no fault. But we are still required in ministry to address issues, to address problems. At the same time, recognizing we must endeavor to address them in ourselves as well, and that's why Jesus mentioned in Matthew's Gospel chapter seven, he talked about the issue of judging, and that's a whole other topic you can we can get into, which we don't have time tonight. but he was saying in that passage, which many people take out of context, that before you can address an issue in another person, you got to first address the issue in your life and in yourself so that you can see clearly to address it in another person And uh, but God wants us to grow together, to learn together, to be accountable to one another so that we can sharpen each other to be more like Jesus Christ very important, just as it is in a classroom to address issues and address problems so that we can help each other to be more like Christ. So it is in ministry the same is true.